You're listening to the Eat With Grace podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Jackie Nineheis, registered dietitian and professor of culinary medicine. And I am your co-host, Brooke Fredrickson, registered dietitian and certified diabetes care and education specialist. And we are here to challenge a culture around food and nutrition from a biblical perspective. Hello, today we are going to talk about guilt and shame around food. So this is something we wanted to talk about because I think there are a lot of people who feel guilty about things that they eat. Uh, They feel guilty about maybe what they feed their family. And we wanna talk about uh, the biblical application of this. Is it legitimate to feel guilty about what we eat? Um, Are there instances where we should or shouldn't feel guilty about what we eat? Um, And then maybe the differences between guilt and shame and how that, how that fits in with our, with our Christian walk. So Jackie, do you just want to explain the difference between what guilt and shame are? And then maybe we can get into some of the specifics. Yes, in this podcast, we're kind of pushing back against the culture, and we're looking at um, things from a biblical perspective. And I think in our culture, guilt and shame have gotten intermixed and intermingled to the point that it is hard to decipher um, what's good, what's bad, what's when we should feel some guilt and when we shouldn't feel shame. So it's a, a, a subject with a lot of tension here, and that's why we're talking about it. Guilt is that feeling of when I know I have done something wrong. I have hurt someone's feelings. I have omitted uh, being compassionate and doing something that I could have for someone. And, you know, some people call it the small, still voice. That's kind of what I was brought up in. And and it talks in the Bible about the small, still voice of the Holy Spirit that's convicting us of something um, is wrong. And it it needs to be, um, you know, confessed to God. It needs to be possibly, you need to go to apologize to someone for hurting them. Um, So I know that's been a healthy thing in my life. If I have uh, run over one of my children or I'm talking like um, literally (laughs) running over one of them or, you know, um, being rude, being short tempered, being all those kind of things. That's so easy for me to be to my kids. You know, God will have the Holy Spirit convict me that I was wrong and that I need to confess my sin. I need to go to my child. I need to ask um, for their forgiveness. So guilt can be a good thing in that when I've sinned, it turns me away. It turns me in the opposite direction. But if I have that guilt and there is no recourse for my guilt, because I don't take it to Jesus, I don't confess him, then it can become a long-standing kind of shame in my life. And whenever I have shame in my life, that's really not productive because there's no direction to take me out of it. The cross is not there, or at least I'm not turning to the cross 
um, asking for forgiveness and confessing my sin. So the guilt part can have roots in a healthy kind of faith. And we need to um, think of it as uh, when we sin. But you know, sometimes we have guilt for things that really aren't sin. And sometimes we don't have guilt for things that are sin. Our hearts are hardened and we aren't listening to the Holy Spirit. And that kind of is where our culture is today. I think um, so often we hear people say, oh, you shouldn't feel guilty about that. You know, just embrace it. Just, But no, if it's a sin, we should turn away from it. Right. No, I, I 100% agree with that. And when we think about guilt and food, I think that's where diet culture has brought in a lot of guilt for, um, for people to feel bad about what they eat, right? This was a big marketing tactic. I think it started in the 80s, maybe the early 90s when they started marketing, I would say like rich, delicious foods as like tempting or indulging or you know, sinfully delicious or, you know, guilty pleasure, you know, when you think about those kind of things as, as describing food, well, when someone eats that, that's only going to, that's only going to make them feel guilty, right, for doing it. Because if, if there's a subliminal message saying that this food is bad, and you shouldn't eat it, when you do eat it, you're going to feel bad about it. And so a lot of, um, a lot of the guilt around food and eating, I think comes from this, this culture of perfect eating that we have to eat this certain way in order to be healthy. And there's really, um, you know, right and wrong ways to eat. And, and I just, I don't believe that. I don't believe that there's specific ways that we should and shouldn't eat. Yeah. If you're someone who really does feel guilty though, like I've had, I've had moms come to me and say, I feel so guilty for feeding my kids cold cereal in the morning for breakfast. And I'm like, I eat cold zero for breakfast. Like, why does that matter? Why, why would you feel guilty about that? You're filling your kids' tummies. Um, and yes, there are nutrients in cereal. Yes, there's sugar in cereal, um, but there's also nutrients and you're giving your kids food that they need uh, so that they can go about their day. I don't think we should ever feel guilty about that. I don't think we should ever feel guilty about feeding our families um, or about eating certain things. And if you are feeling guilty, I think that's where, like Jackie, what you were talking about with this small, still voice, there are times when we sin that the Holy Spirit convicts us. Um, if you are feeling guilty, say about something you ate or something like that, I guess I would really stop yourself and ask, like, is this really the Holy Spirit convicting me or is this the world convicting me? Is this the message uh, of diet culture convicting me and telling me that I did something wrong or is this truly um, something like a sin that I did against my body. I think it's, it, it would be a really good place to stop and ask yourself that, uh, to make sure that we're not creating these extra rules around food that are leading to unnecessary guilt. Um, when we have plenty of other things to feel guilty about in our lives, right? You know, interestingly enough, um, when we try to deal with guilt in our lives, like, whatever kind of guilt it is, we have all these intellectual strategies that we might try. We might think, um, okay, if I just make more rules and if I am more strict, mm -hmm. then 
the guilt to go away and I won't feel guilty. But, you know, the real answer for a healthy kind of guilt is to turn to God and um, look to repentance and forgiveness. And if we're using these intellectual strategies to get rid of guilt, it doesn't really work. And, you know, guilt can lead to all kinds of little addictions. It could lead to any addiction out there that you can imagine, but food addiction can come from food guilt. You know, if someone feels really guilty about food, some people might be able to make really strict rules and stick to them for a while, but after a while, it's hard to stick to them. And so the things that you have your mind set on, the things that you're thinking about, those are the things then that you go for when you give up all your rules. Yes. We've talked about that with um, restriction. Anytime we restrict something as far as food, it makes us think about it that much more. Anytime we say, okay, I'm not going to eat this anymore. I'm going to give up chocolate for a week. What is the one thing you're going to think about for the whole week? You're going to think about the chocolate, right? It's that elephant in the room. And so when we make those it's unnecessary rules around our eating, it actually leads to more, more thoughts about it, more preoccupation about it. We're actually more likely to give into it. When we do give into it, we're more likely to binge because we've restricted it for a period of time. And so it just leads to all kinds of unhealthy behaviors and gets into that diet binge cycle. So, so where did this all start? Where did we get these feelings of guilt about food? You know, I think it kind of comes back to when we were children and how we were uh, taught to think about food. Yeah, I think some of it can. Especially if you think about um, any kind of rules that maybe your your parents or the adults in your lives imposed on you, I think of things like like the clean plate club or rules around you know not eating dessert unless you've finished all your meal. Um, maybe maybe if there are some adults that put you know certain foods on pedestal or maybe they don't allow their children to eat anything with sugar, you know, just things like this as a, as a young child, if someone says, no, you can't eat that, that's bad. Especially if you use that good, bad language, um, that's going to instill guilt in kids, right? If, if someone tells them that, you know, candy is bad when they eat it, they're going to feel bad. They're going to have that guilty feeling, which, you know, kids might not be mature enough to realize the nuance or to understand the nuance in there. Um, and so that can actually lead to a lot of, you know, shame in those kids and, and feeling really bad about themselves, uh, because of something they ate that maybe they, they shouldn't, they shouldn't have, I'm saying that in quotation marks. Um, but yeah, I think, I think a lot of that can start in childhood and kind of sticks with us as we grow up. So what kind of language do we want to use with our, our children, um, it's, it's, a, it's a hard thing because there's some tension there. You don't want your kids to go crazy over all these uh, kind of foods that they have available to them, but you want to, them to enjoy them. You want them to kind of respect um, mm-hmm. food. I use terms like um, nutrient-dense foods, you know, with my son. Um, 
foods that we eat to nourish our bodies that provide nutrients. Um, even I try to stay away from healthy versus unhealthy because I think that's too black and white. I don't use good and bad. Um, when we talk about, you know, candy or what people would consider like junk food, like chips and different things like that, I guess I could refer to them as pleasure foods. I don't know if I necessarily use that in my house. Honestly, all of it is like food. Food is food. So I just call all of it food. Um, and I encourage, I encourage, you know, like, Hey bud, have you had any vegetables today? Have you had any fruit? Like when he gets home from school, he's like, no, I haven't. Okay. Like, he's like, what can I have for a snack? I'm like, well, we have apples and bananas and, and pears on the counter if you want one, or you can have something else. And so I think for me, just encouraging the things that I want him to eat more of, but still allowing him to make that decision. Sometimes he might eat the pear. Other times he might go to the cupboard and have some chips. I mean, that's completely okay in my book, but it's just my job to encourage more of those um, nutrient dense foods and, and go from there. Now, when he was little, it I had a lot more control over those things and I could plan his snacks and I could give him those things now that he's 14 and he can do everything on his own. Uh, I have a lot less control. So at, at this point, I'm just encouraging it. But I do think trying to keep our language around food neutral is important. Um, not have these a black and white view of food uh, because there is nuance. There is always room for what we would consider lesser nutritious foods um, in our diet, but we do want most of them to come from the more nutritious foods. So I do think words are uh, keeping using neutral words are really important. I think something that parents might not realize are their nonverbal cues, mm. just like a raised eyebrow, just like a glance. And especially if there have been words about that subject before, I mean, you might not even really mean anything by it, but the child might pick up on it. And I think very young children pick up on their parents' likes and dislikes or feelings about different food just by how they feed them, just by what they load on the spoon and what they try to get them to eat more of. I kept my one-year-old uh, granddaughter this weekend for the entire weekend. So we had lots of meals together and I was really surprised that she ate every single food that we ever gave her. There wasn't a single food that she didn't eat. And I asked my daughter, how do children get this way versus how do they get picky? Like, you know, what happens in one year that some children are picky and have very strong preferences and other children really eat anything. In fact, just to test it out, we gave her a fork full of sauerkraut and she enjoyed it and she wanted more. Gave, I had spanakopita, which is a spinach filled uh, feta. And I gave her some of the spinach in it. And she ate that just as eagerly as she ate some of her favorite foods, which are watermelon and bananas. And she loves cottage cheese. But um, I told my daughter, I think it makes a difference if adults feed the child or if the child feeds themselves. And the more the child feeds themselves, the less parents are giving nonverbal as well as verbal cues of what's good or what isn't good. 
So I have no idea what makes a child picky or not picky. I think that's the million dollar question, but there are very specific things that can influence them. Yeah, and so as adults, I think we just wanna make sure we're being careful um, about what kind of rules we're instilling in our kids, right? Especially around food. Um, food rules come from diets. They come from a very black and white thinking and we need to make sure that there's a lot of gray area in there. And, so and in order to sell books, these diet gurus, they have to make a very strong point. And um, it's all about guilt and it's all about shaming of why you shouldn't be eating these five foods or these 10 foods, or you should be eating these 10 foods. So this is um, a question or debate that I've heard sometimes because, you know, we come from the idea that all foods can fit, that things aren't good foods, bad foods, but some people who have a lot of food rules, they believe that comes from food manufacturers trying to sell their products. And I thought that was really an interesting kind of uh, way of looking at it and wondered what you think about that. Uh, so clarify that. What do you mean they think it comes from, what comes from food manufacturers? Like the that food manufacturers are the ones that are really pushing the idea that all foods can fit. And, oh. um, you know, Mitch, Sure, I guess I could see them. They're, they're trying to sell a product, so they're going to tell you whatever they need to in order to convince you to buy yeah. it. So sometimes I guess they're telling you all foods can fit. And then yeah. on the label, they're saying no gluten, sugar-free, uh, all natural. So yeah, I mean, food marketing is just a completely different <laughs> uh, ball game. So there's uh, so many messages that we're getting yeah. out there that you could feel guilty if you wanted to about just about any food. Somebody's out there oh. trying to make you feel guilty about just about any food. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I, I don't believe that. Um, honestly, I don't believe it's biblical. So I think, okay. So if we're going to kind of transition, why don't we talk about um, like, biblical guilt a little bit more maybe what the bible says but if we think about food so if someone is feeling guilty maybe they ate a lot of sugar one day or something and they feel guilty about it like i said i would make sure that 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 guilt is actually coming from from the holy spirit and not from um from the world or an outside rule that you put on yourself because eating, eating sugar is not a sin. Um, eating unhealthy food, quote unquote, is not a sin. Um, are we called to take care of our bodies in the Bible? Yes, I do believe that we are called to steward our bodies. Um, but eating too much sugar one day is not going to ruin our health. Um, if we are eating excess loads of sugar every single day for years on end, yes, that is something that could ruin our health, that could hurt our body, and so therefore it could be sinful. Um, but I think when we look at these little individual instances of eating or these little individual days where like maybe you're traveling and all you ate for the whole day was fast food because that's what was available, I, we should never feel guilty about that. Like these things are exceptions. These things are not our every single day um, way that we eat. 
So we really need to look at big picture when it comes to um, food and whether or not we should be guilty about it. I, I don't think we should ever feel guilty ever. I just don't. I never feel guilty about food. I guess maybe the one instance where I would maybe feel guilty about something is if, if I ate too much. <laughs> and that wouldn't be that I necessarily feel super guilty, but it would be that I feel horrible um, because I ate too much and you just feel sick when you eat too much. But uh, there, there really is no place for guilt or shame around food from a biblical perspective. That's, that's, that's how I interpret it anyway. Jackie, do you have any other insight on that? And when we're talking about healthy, you know, we have to look at our emotional, physical, and spiritual health. There is nothing healthy about shame. Right. There, you know, guilt leads to, um, unresolved guilt leads to shame. And there is nothing healthy about that. So feeling uh, shameful over uh, a episode of eating a little bit of sugar or fat or uh, some other uh, food that is deemed not appropriate. There's nothing healthy about that. It doesn't lead us to a good place in our lives. And sometimes when, when we feel guilty about these things that really aren't sin, then we get confused and there's not guilt about the actual sins in our lives. And those are the things that we need to focus on. We need to um, confess our sins. In fact, I think of 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, that has nothing to do with the food that uh, I just ate like five minutes ago, he's talking about real sin in our lives. But if we're so focused on our food and every bite that we're taking, sometimes that takes our eyes off of Christ. If we have confessed and if we have prayed about sin, we find repentance. Right. Uh, you don't find that with food. And so it just leads to a road of shame because it's unrealized guilt. Yeah. Yeah. And in, I mean, in Romans, there's lots of verses in the Bible that talk about it, but I know Romans eight, one, especially says that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Um, Romans 10, 11, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. I mean, Christ is our hope. Um, we should not feel guilty about leaving our, li living our lives in a, in a God honoring way. If we are being obedient to him and to his word and what it says, um, there should not be any shame right? Because our hope is in him. Our hope is not in our food. It's not in our bodies. It's not in what we look like. It's not in our health. Our hope should be put in Christ. And when we put our hope in anything other than him, you know, whether it's our diet or our health or our body shape or any of those things, yeah, there are, there are going to be times where we have this self-imposed guilt or shame placed upon us um, because we're putting our, our focus on the wrong thing and our hope in the wrong thing. And so it is so important that we keep, let, let food just be food. Um, yes, we can make wise decisions. We can eat in a balanced way, but we should never let that guilt eat us up. Um, because that is not where our hope is found. And we need to make sure that yes, if we're doing something that's harming our body in a repetitive, habitual way, we definitely need to confess that. I think you know, the Holy Spirit would convict you of that. 
but these individual instances of eating certain things or like feeding your kids cereal, nothing wrong with that. Don't let someone tell you that there's something wrong with feeding your kids cereal in the morning. Think big picture, think balance. Am I giving my kids a variety of foods? Am I serving fruits and vegetables? Am I, am I, you know, encouraging fiber and protein and balance? And I don't know. I just think when we get, the more we focus on food, the more we worry about it, the more guilty we feel about it. And it just creates this endless cycle of, of worry and guilt and shame that is really completely unnecessary, um, I think, for the Christian walk here on earth. It is. That is very true. But so many people might be in this situation where the weight of this guilt is, is there. Mm-hmm. And those are the times that we probably need to address that and turn away from it and find another direction because God might want to speak to us individually and give his words of comfort, his words of forgiveness and healing from those guilt feelings. So I think we ought to talk about some practical things of if, if you feel guilty over the food you eat, I mean, that can stem way back when the child was one or two and things that were said and facial expressions that were given uh, towards certain food. And we do have to remember, as we think about almost like a recovery from these guilt feelings about food, is that God is greater than our feelings and he knows everything. And we can bring all this to him. I do think we can be healed from all this um, Mm -hmm. guilt that is misplaced. Yeah, 100%. I would say the first thing to ask yourself if we're talking about practical application is why do I feel guilty about this? I think you need to ask yourself why, where is this coming from? What food rule have I been am I breaking that's making me feel guilt, right? And is this rule legitimate or not? I would say most rules out there um, are probably unnecessary and you need to give yourself grace in those moments and you need to relax that rule. You can have guidelines around eating. I think that's fine. There should not be any hardcore black and white rules around food um, or you know, I can eat this, I can't eat that kind of stuff unless you have a legitimate medical reason for it. But I think asking yourself why and finding the source of that guilt is probably the first step. Um, Do you have any other things, Jackie? Well, just to add to that is looking at where the source of the guilt is, like you said, but also looking at why do I have the food rule? And is it possible that I am trying to control my food because I have some other issues that I do not want to deal with? And if I feel like I'm in control of my weight, if I'm in control of my food, and if I'm following all these food rules, then I don't have to look at the real sin in my life or the real issues in my life or the real problems in my life. Mm. So it, it, uh, it can be disconcerting to some people to get rid of food rules. Like, like, well, well, how, how would I know how to eat then? Right. Um, and again, like I said, we can have guidelines around food. I think, you know, we, we just did a podcast episode on meal planning and just eating variety and planning your meals around balance. And I think that's fine. Um, but we also know that God created food for our nourishment. He created food so that we can function and our bodies can work, but it's also been, it's also created for a pleasure. 
God gave us taste buds for a reason. And he wants us to be able to enjoy the food that we eat. And I don't think there's anything wrong with enjoying, enjoying food or having those pleasure foods um, as part of our diet, even though, even though they're not um, maybe providing the most nutrients. I know some people think of food, you know, I've heard like 80, 20 rules. Again, I don't want rules. Um, but if we think of food on a spectrum, I don't know if I've ever shared this before, but if food is on a spectrum um, and say we have our super whole healthy-ish foods on this end, and then on this end, we have like our candy and pop, which just provide calories and no nourishment or nutrition really. Aim for more of your foods to come from this end of the spectrum, but we can still allow foods from this end of the spectrum too. Um, it's not eat this, don't eat that. It's let's have more of ours from this end. We can have less from this end. Um, and so it really just involves like changing your mindset around food, giving yourself permission to eat all foods, uh, removing the, the black and white, the good, bad from your vocabulary and from your mind. Because when you do that, you learn to enjoy food for what it is. Like you don't have all of these external rules that are coming into your decision-making when you're planning your meals or snacks or what you're going to eat. It's really like, Ooh, what sounds really good to me right now? Nutrition is a component of that, um, but also taste, also, you know, emotion. There's all these things that go into our decision-making around food. And, and I think that's okay. And when we, when we just eat food and we enjoy our food and we move on from food, we're not thinking about it. We're not feeling guilty about it. We're not worrying about it. It just becomes a normal part of our everyday living. And then we can actually focus on the things that Christ has called us to do, right? He has called us to go out there and spread the gospel and to love and serve other people. We are not here to perfect our human body. We are not. We are not here to make this body as perfect as it can be. Because guess what? This body is going to turn to dust and we are going to go to heaven and we're going to get brand new bodies one day. And so I just think we need to make sure that we're not putting too much energy um, and unnecessary guilt into our food choices. So. What a beautiful picture to think that um, these bodies are going to be go to dust, but um, we will be up there with Jesus one day. I mean, I, I love the picture that you painted and it is a really good reason to focus on the things that are eternal and not those things that are so temporal. Yes, and food is just not that big of a deal. I think I think God would have talked a lot about more, given us more guidance in the Bible if it really was, and it's just not. So we need to focus on obedience and confessing our sins and living a holy life and just let food be food. So, so thanks so much for um, joining us and being with us. And um, we can go out there. We can live a life of gratitude for all kinds of different foods, and we don't have to feel guilty about them. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Oh, 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 oh,